how do people quit addictions? I'm going to answer that question by saying it's basically a statement about people's values. But I ever tell you about my uncle Ozzy? My uncle Ozzy is a very lovable guy. He's my mother's sister's husband. He's dead now. Um, and he smoked heavily. And I went away to graduate school at the University of Michigan. And when I returned from my grandfather's funeral, my mother and Libby's father's funeral, I saw Ozzy at the synagogue and he wasn't smoking. And I said, Ozzy, did you quit smoking? And he said, oh yeah, it's funny. Um, I went out to lunch with a coworker, a couple of coworkers, and they raised the price of cigarettes. This was in 1962-ish, uh, from 30 to 35 cents. And when I put in 35 cents, that coworker said, look at Ozzy. He's a sucker for the tobacco companies. They could raise the price to 50 cents or a dollar and he'd still pay that. And I, Uncle Ozzy, said, you're right, I'm going to quit. Now, I need to give you a little bit of background. Ozzy had smoked for 25 years since the age of 18, four packs of unfiltered cigarettes a day. A. B, Ozzy claims that he had never once thought about quitting smoking prior to this woman co-worker's comment. And number three, I have to tell you something about my uncle Oscar. My uncle Oscar was shop steward. He was a union activist. He fought tooth and nail for every other employee. It was at a company called Philco that was bought by General Electric. Whenever a complaint was lodged, he went down to the wire fighting on their behalf. How and why did my uncle Oscar quit smoking based on about 10 words that a non-professional said to him after a quarter century of the heaviest addiction going on? Before I answer that question, um, let me talk about the objections that people often raise. They'll say, oh, you're only talking about cigarettes. That's not a real addiction. And in the 1960s, we didn't label smoking an addiction. This was before the Surgeon General's report. Since then, we've come to think about cigarettes not only as addictive, but as one of the sturdiest addictions that can exist. And here's the crazy thing. A higher percentage of people quit cocaine, heroin, and alcohol addictions than smoking. In the course of their lives, eventually, ultimately, over 90% of people with all of those addictions quit. With smoking, it's less than 90% and less than 80%. And now let's get into why people quit. When you ask anyone who quits any addiction, um, no matter how they do it, fundamentally, they're going to offer a value statement. Of those people who go to AA or treatment, which is only about 25% of all the people who quit addictions, 
even there, you have a reason they decided to go to therapy or to AA or NA to quit an addiction. And they'll answer that to you if you ask them. If you say, why did you go? They say, well, I got sick of being addicted to something or it was adversely affecting my health or very, very commonly they'll say, I didn't like the impact it was having on my children. Even if I was able to control it with regards to them, I didn't want them to become addicted like I was. I didn't want them to grow up with a model of somebody who was addicted. In all of these cases, fundamentally, the person is making a value statement. They're getting over addiction not because they went to AA, they swore to a higher power, they learned mindfulness or behavioral techniques. What they're all saying is, I quit my addiction because it was hurting my life in a way that violated who I really was. And so if I go to an audience and I say, what's the toughest addiction to quit? Um, even if they're recovered addicts and alcoholics, they all shout out smoking. And then I'll say to them, oh, uh, did anybody here quit smoking? And if you're in the right group of people, quite a large majority of people will raise their hands. And then if you say, did any of you join a therapy group or use a drug to overcome your addiction? And then everybody puts their hand down. And if you say to them, why did you quit smoking? They all have an answer. And it's because of my child. It's because of my health. It's because of my self-respect. And they might say it was difficult. It took them a while to quit. But they all get down to basically saying, it was something that violated my sense of who I was, some basic value I held. Let's get back to the big question then. Why are so many people currently dying from drug use? Why are so many people, more people all the time saying, well, I'm addicted to something. Often, of course, it's an opioid. It also includes, of course, cocaine, methamphetamines, alcohol, benzodiazepines. Why are so many more people saying they're addicted? It's because so many people have become convinced that addiction is something beyond their control. And now we have to answer the question, what will enable people to quit addictions like Uncle Ozzy, seemingly magically, both individually and en masse. And here are the five answers to that question. Refuting the idea that addiction is permanent, an inescapable disease. Enabling people to realize value-filled lives. Encouraging responsibility. And that means demanding that people be responsible for their behavior at the same time we're telling them they're capable of quitting. But we do that with a fourth factor, with empathy and with tolerance. We say we understand about your addiction. Um, we're not here to attack you. 
we feel that you can improve, that you can quit an addiction. Um, and finally, we're willing to support you in that endeavor. We being an individual helper, but also possibly the entire community. And that community doesn't have to be AA or a therapy group. It means the community that the person is a part of. In this way, by changing our focus entirely away from seeing addiction as something uncontrollable, something outside of our control, we're going to be able finally to make a dent in addiction, both with individuals and for society as a whole.